Welcome back to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this show, we speak with reverse mortgage business leaders, professionals, government officials, and thought leaders to provide listeners with the pulse of the reverse mortgage industry and all of the business and regulatory realities which affect it. In this episode, I'm joined by Kristen Broadley, the Chief Innovation Officer at QC Ally, to talk about some of the unique realities facing quality control in the reverse mortgage space, as well as to talk about Kristen's perspectives on the reverse mortgage product and its place in the overall market. As a veteran of a top-producing forward mortgage company, Kristen recently attended the Nermala Western Regional Meeting in Irvine, California, and came away with some well-developed thoughts and perspectives about the reverse mortgage product, the professionals who work within the business, things the industry might be able to do to expand the scope of the business, and a whole lot more. Hope you enjoy it. Kristen, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, Chris, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. No, it was a pleasure meeting you at, uh, at Normal West out there in Irvine earlier this month. Um, but for, for those of our audience, you know, our reverse mortgage industry audience who may not be aware of, of who you are or the work that you do, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and whether or not you'd previously had many interactions with the reverse mortgage business prior to your current role. So absolutely. Kristen Broadley. I'm the chief innovation officer at QC Ally. Uh, I've been in this industry for a very, very long time, um, about a little over 20 years. I actually started Quicken Loans, I think, back in 2002, and I was with the company through its transformation. I actually moved over to QC Ally um, in October of 2022. So I spent the bulk of my career at Rocket Mortgage, mostly in the risk space. QC, uh, servicing risk, credit risk, AML, ERM, anything risk, and it has been under my purview, um, or I've worked, you know, within within those walls. So I have a very, very extensive risk background. And from a reverse perspective, um, one reverse was um, was a product that was, you know, that Quicken Loans. Um, they were sister companies. They were affiliates. And so I became familiar with the reverse product way back when. Um, so reverse has always been one of those uh, financial products that has kind of like tugged at your heartstrings, people who know, um, who have had, who know clients, who have had family members, who understand the product and how it can benefit um, an aging, you know, population. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a passion product. So that's how I was first introduced to it, you know, through my previous association. And now as Chief Innovation Officer at QC Ally, I am heavily focused in the quality control space, and that includes reverse. So we want to make sure that um, when it comes to the manufacturing health of the origination process, the servicing process, all of those things uh, that benefit clients, benefit lenders, benefit servicers, we want to be a part of that solution as well. So we have reverse clients today, and we're going to have reverse clients tomorrow. And so we want to continue to be engaged in the community. So it was great meeting you at Normal as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I find it. Uh, I find the risk topic uh, within the reverse mortgage space to be pretty interesting. But you know, you had mentioned um, one reverse having previously been sort of a division of Quicken Loans that then became Rocket Mortgage. So you have a, a, a level of familiarity with the product before you established that familiarity. 
what would you say your perception of the reverse mortgage industry was and what the product uh, perception of the product was and how would you say it may have changed the more you got exposed to it so prior to getting familiarized through one reverse my knowledge of the product was absent I had no knowledge of the product and I see your face and I know you are not surprised because I know that is, that is, um, that is still a topic that the industry today is still trying to overcome, um, socialization and, um, and knowledge of what reverse can do, you know, um, for, for, you know, uh, uh, homeowners. So from that regard, I didn't have any information. I didn't understand it. And then, once um, I started to familiarize myself with, with the reverse product, I understood the stigma that was attached to it, um, which is another hurdle that, you know, the industry has done, you know, has made extraordinary strides in overcoming. And I still think there's opportunity there as well. Um, and then once I understood the product, once I had that level of knowledge, all of those things went away. And I wondered to myself, like, why isn't this more widespread, mainstream, um, and um, why aren't mo more folks originating this? And then I understood how hard, you know, how hard and complex it can be. So, you know, um, it has been an evolution of my knowledge base when it comes to reverse over a course of many years. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, we, we'll talk in a little bit about some of those things that might be holding the industry back from, from your perspective. But uh, one of the things I definitely wanted to touch on, uh, because you and I first met in person at, uh, at Normala West, I'm curious about your experience at a reverse mortgage industry conference. You know, it tends to have a little bit of a different vibe when compared to forward mortgage conferences, certainly. Um, but you got to, to talk to a lot of industry professionals there on site. What did you take away from that conference and how would you say your conversations with industry professionals went over the course of that event? So um, what was what I knew and what was reinforced is that the folks that um, are focused in the reverse space are passionate. They're very, very, very passionate individuals. They're passionate about the product and they're passionate about the borrowers. And, um, you know, you're talking about a process. Forward process is, you know, under 30 days. A reverse process can be extended. Um, you're talking to clients, you're helping them understand a complex, you know, financial transaction. Um, and it can, it can be quite extended. It can be a lot more touch points. It can be a lot more touch bases. It can be a lot more care, longer conversations. And the folks that I talk to are committed to those interactions to help borrowers as best they can. And so that passion really showed itself. And those folks that were sitting at those tables that were participating in the panels, um, that were helping educate, you know, the, the community at NERMLA, you could see it, like you could hear it, you could see it. And, uh, you know, you get, you get, certainly you get passion in, in, in the forward space, but it's just a little different because the clientele is very different in the reverse space. Sure. Yeah. That conforms with a lot of the perceptions that I've certainly developed over my time covering the space, you know, especially since you're dealing with a protected class of, of borrowers, you know, there is quite a lot of uh, passion and protectiveness that emerges, I think, from the core of reverse mortgage loan officers in, in many cases. So yeah, I can, I can absolutely see, uh, see that perspective. Um, 
Well, you, you already mentioned a little bit about the industry being held back by certain things. You know, there is a stigma associated with it. There are uh, processes that aren't totally transferable to the, the forward mortgage side of the business. What do you think it is that's primarily holding the reverse mortgage business back from being a more mainstream product in the mortgage business? Is it all perceptive? Is it processes? What are your, what, what's your take on it? It's an interesting question. So I was looking at some census numbers. So I think something like one in six folks um, in the United States says of the 2020 census or over 65, right? You're talking about um, 50 plus million individuals in this country who are over 65. The market is there when you talk about um, the individuals, the borrowers that could best benefit from the reverse you know, mortgage product. The industry has done a great job from, you know, uh, kind of like a grassroots engaging, you know, trusted individuals, you know, trying to educate on a product that is probably the most complex product in the market, at least in my estimation, you know, trying to understand how you can get a mortgage that makes a payment to you I mean, that's when you talk about taking on a debt, it just turns it topsy turvy. And you're, you know, you're right. This is a protected class. It's an older generation. And it, again, it's a complex product. So with a longer time frame, some, you know, some lenders are not going to want to lean into that, right? Cost of origination can be high. Um, protected class, if something goes wrong, it gets a lot of attention. It gets a lot of press and, and, you know, people want to avoid that from a reputational perspective. Um, so you have that, again, you have a really complex product that people don't understand. How do you advertise that? How do you get word into the community? I know that folks have been working with financial advisors and they've been having conversations and they're finding alternative ways to create conversations around the reverse product so that they can, you know, help serve you know, the entirety of, of the United States and let them know that this is there for them um, if they want to age in place, if they want to leverage the equity, you know, in their homes. I think another stat that I saw from CoreLogic was between 2021 and Q4 of 2022, there was a trillion dollars in equity added, you know, to the housing market. Only 63% of, of homes have mortgages. Like there's all of these things that tell us that there is a market opportunity here. Um, and, the conversation around reverse is it's snowballing, it's gaining momentum, um, but I still think there's opportunity. You know, something that um, that I just thought of that I, I would be really interested in your perspective, if you would care to comment on it, is just from a risk-based perspective, do you see the reverse mortgage product as remarkable or average, I'm curious how it kind of falls in line because you called it one of the most regulated products, if not the most regulated product in the mortgage space. How does that uh, interact with the risk component? So I think from a risk perspective, um, any product can be risky. If you don't have the proper controls in place, if you aren't doing the right things to verify that the actions you're taking either in origination and servicing are actually meeting the regulations. If you don't have governance and monitoring and testing and all those things in place, if you don't have those controls, anything's risky. So regardless of a complexity of a, of, a, of a product, if you have the controls in place to make sure that your tech, your people, your processes are working as intended, 
that remediates risk and liability. So, it, and that's what we do. So from a QC ally perspective, you literally just got the, 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 the QC version of governance, monitoring, risk remediation. Um, and so for those folks that are thinking about dipping their toes into the reverse market, if you put those controls in place, then um, you know you can enter it if you have any concerns about risk, you know regulatory risk, um, you know errors, whatever it happens to be. Um, you can remediate that, and you can lean into this product, and you can grow, you know your your product offerings within your group if you put those things in place. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that kind of rolls right into my next question, just in terms of how you think you and your company can impact the reverse mortgage business. Uh, curious about, um, you know, how you guys are differentiating yourselves maybe and, uh, and what you're bringing to the table. So QC Ally, we are tech enabled services. So we have proprietary software, um, that was built, um, you know, by an individual, uh, Donna Gibson, who is our CEO and president who has been in the QC space for 40 years. And, um, it's a weird little thing with QC folks is that once you're in, you don't leave. It is this, this crazy little world where every day is different. You're learning something new. The market is constantly changing. Um, you know, you're riding the ups and downs. You're facilitating revenue. You're protecting revenue. You're doing all of these things by creating crop process, controls, governance, all of these, these um, items that can inform you know, the, lending, uh, the lender or the servicer that everything's working as intended, and they understand what risk they have in their portfolios. So this was LQ Pro um, and, and Donna and team from both, you know, uh, the, the tech and the services, the audit services that we, you know, provide. We're able to help either originators or servicers make sure um, that everything's working as intended. We can help them structure governance and monitoring programs. We can, you know, do um, variable cost audits for them. Um, they can leverage LQ Pro in order to facilitate those audits. All of those things are available in the reverse space. And um, to give you a little history, so in CoCheck, QC Ally is fairly new. Um, QC Ally, we rebranded from IncoCheck, I think in August of, of 2022, prior to that it was IncoCheck. IncoCheck was a company that was just the little company that could. They've been around since 2000, and um, they've always kind of grown organically through word of mouth. So we've always, so we've had reverse clients for a number of years. And so now, you know, hey, we're not, we're not, we're not quiet anymore. We have an extraordinary process. We have a 99% accuracy rate. And so we're getting out there and we're having these conversations. We've always enjoyed the reverse community, but again, we're the, we're the, we were the best kept, kept secret. We're not secret anymore. So that's how we can help. Excellent. Great. No, I appreciate the overview. Uh, what strikes you the most about the differences between the forward and reverse mortgage businesses, particularly as it pertains to the work that you do? So um, I think the biggest difference I see is in the servicing space. The complexity of servicing um, a, a reverse loan, it's very, very different. It's also a much smaller um, component or, or a part of a portfolio. Obviously, the bulk is forward. You have a very small, uh, very small, most have a very small reverse portfolio. And so, you know, it's a different level of servicing. It has different requirements. And so you have to have a different quality control plan for that small portfolio. Just different testing strategies, 
different um, statistical sampling, all of those things. So it makes it complex in that if you focus in forward, you know, that's kind of end mass and bulk. And then reverse is very, very kind of boutique and is a much smaller component, but requires as much oversight. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Great. Well, uh, you know, you've already mentioned technological processes as being important to uh, to the risk management space. And technology is not the reverse mortgage industry's strongest suit. And some of that could come from the people within the business who might be averse to incorporating more tech into their workflow processes. But it also just might be that vendors don't give much attention to the space. And there are regulatory concerns as well. How do you think uh, the incorporation of tech processes into the reverse mortgage business might be able to be changed from, from your vantage? So when I look at tech integration, you have to kind of, you know, um, you have to figure out what you're trying to solution for. And it's a very, very manual, complex process. But within that manual complex process, you have repetitive tasks that happen on every loan, regardless of, you know, agnostic of client, um, agnostic of, of, of um, you know, the, the, the loan itself. So in those situations where a computer can do a specific task and do it the same on every loan, the, that's the tech that you adopt, right? That's the tech that you bring in house. There are always right now there is absolutely a need for a human to make um, to make subjective determinations. If it's objective and it's a this is how you know you qualify X Y or Z, tech can facilitate that. If um, if it, if you need a, a human and you need the you know capacity for a subjective determination, then you keep humans in in that space. What a computer can do, let a computer do. Where you need humans, that's where you deploy that capital. As um, as reverse continues to grow, and I believe it will. Again, we have more folks 65 and over than we ever have, and um, we have more equity in this country than I, than we ever have. I mean, it ticked down a little bit in Q1, but again, it's still extraordinary levels of equity, um, you know, in the market. And so, leaning into tech and finding those processes that can be automated and then focusing and leveraging your resources efficiently because there's a cost to human resources and human capital and leveraging those where they need to be just creates a more efficient process for all and then maybe we can compress some of that time frame of, of getting these from you know start from application to close mm-hmm. Excellent. No, I appreciate the overview. And I think that uh, I imagine that you must be keeping a pretty close eye on the development of artificial intelligence. You know, we're talking about the differences between human capital and the tasks that a, that a computer can accomplish. But uh, now those lines are starting to become more blurred, but maybe they're not in the QC space. Maybe it's, it, do you think it might be too specialized in terms of human tasks to really get to that point for, for the, the QC space? So again, it's got to be it's got to be a repetitive task. It's got to be something that you're going to put in front of a computer where it um, you have a certain amount of variables and those variables have to be treated a specific way. Then you can mm. train it to do certain things. I love Chat GPT. Of course, I'm 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 absolutely leaning into this AI. But Chat GPT. It has the same has has you know variability issues, and that it's only as good as the information that it has. So sure. tech can be leveraged to do repetitive tasks again and again and again, where you input information, it has to do the same actions, 
where, you know, a human is being introduced to new information. You can't consistently feed new information necessarily into, um, you know, into AI to make, you know, an executive decision on a loan or, you know, what's happening in servicing or anything like that. So um, AI definitely has its limitations, but overarchingly tech sans AI can be leveraged to better the process of both origination and servicing, doing those um, you know, those those repetitive tasks that a computer does better because it's never subjective. If you put, you know, if you have, a, you know, you put a servicing file in front of a, uh, you know, um, uh, in front of someone in servicing and you say, tell me about X, Y, or Z. Maybe how they felt that morning. Maybe what they had for lunch. They look at it. They consume it. They can make a decision, but you take it to 10 different individuals, you're going to get 10 different decisions or 10 nuanced decisions. And if, and tech can remove some of that bias and then make sure that, again, if it is something that can be um, repetitive, that that decision is going to be the same if you run it 10 times, mm -hmm. if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. Oh, and it makes, makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, chat GPT isn't exactly... Uh, leading the charge when it comes to insight or creativity or individuality in those instances, you know, you might still need a person to to look over some things. Well, I and imagine. I think, and I think that's, I think that's the Achilles heel of AI is that yes, it can do things. It can do art. It can, you know, animate me. It can do all sorts of things, but there are some things it cannot um, duplicate that human experience um, uh, that in and of itself is is something that can't be duplicated with AI. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, what do you think that the reverse mortgage business still has to learn about tech-enabled risk management, especially, you know, coming off of the conference where you were able to to talk with people directly? Is there anything that comes to mind in terms of what the business might still be able to learn from the space? So I think that um, there is there is parity between forward and reverse in um when it comes to tech-enabled risk assessment, is that we are rapidly adapting and adopting to um, um, a world that doesn't rely necessarily on individuals to do all of the things. Um, making sure that you have, as you deploy, you're testing to make sure everything's working as intended. Everything's going to work as designed, but it doesn't mean it's going to work as intended. As you lean into the tech space, as you're deploying your resources, as you are deploying tech within you know, your own platforms, um, as you are innovating, as you're thinking about ways to make things more efficient, having that, that, and I keep going back to governance and monitoring, but having that governance and monitoring program in place, having testing strategies for new tech, having testing strategies for new processes, new auditors, new underwriters, whatever it happens to be. Um, having that in place can get you to a level of certainty around the health of your servicing process, your manufacturing process, and can make things a lot easier. It can show you what's broken, what's systemic, or what you're doing really well. And so um, as we continue to adopt more tech, as we continue to you know, leverage more vendors, making sure that those controls are in place at the vendor level, that those controls are in place within you know, your own shop, is never been more important because when you have um, uh, tech enabled anything and um, it's doing work for you, when it goes wrong, if something breaks, it's an exponential increase in um, possible exposure because instead of 
a individual making a decision on a loan. You have a process, you have a technology that's making a decision on hundreds, maybe even thousands of loans. So having those processes in place, while it gains you speed and efficiency, you want to remediate that risk. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, uh, Kristen, is there anything that I missed? Is there anything that you think our audience of reverse mortgage industry professionals or, you know, uh, you know, originators, underwriters, brokers, up to executives and federal government officials of people who absorb RMD, uh, anything they should know about the work you do or how the industry can look ahead? So, um, I think, I think I probably talked a lot about what we do, but I appreciate that. No, I, you know, overarchingly, um, I am a passionate mortgage, you know, professional. I've been doing this for a long time. I didn't know when I walked into the door at Quicken Loans 20 years ago, I was going to find a home in this industry. I didn't know that I would learn so much. I didn't know that I'd meet so many amazing people, um, you know, interact with them and, and have the opportunity to learn and grow. And I experienced that again and again, and I experienced that at Nirmla. Again, it's a small, it feels like a family community. It was, it was a one-day conference. People were welcoming. They were caring. They were concerned. They were engaged. And they're looking how to move their industry forward. And, you know, it's come a long way since I was first introduced to this product. And I think everyone's looking to stay the course to continue to grow. And I, like I said, there has never been more opportunity based upon the demographics in the country, based upon the equity that's available across the United States. Um, and so, I, you know, now is, now is the time to shine. And I love the passion folks have for their clients, um, for their borrowers. And uh, um, it's just great to be a part of this community. I think overarchingly, that's what I walked away with it, you know, walked away from. And, you know, QC Ally, myself, we're, we're here to help, we're here to help, you know, create that stable environment, you know, to, you know, provide that feedback um, and help folks continue to grow and, you know, serve the community that just continues to grow in this country. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that our industry audience will be very happy to hear that. But uh, Kristen, thank you again so much for taking the time to, to join me today. I really appreciate it. Chris, I appreciate you. I appreciate this opportunity. I'm so glad we met at the conference. Likewise. And, uh, yes. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing this podcast going to the world, the mortgage industry, you know, at large. And uh, yeah, if, if I'm, I'm available if anyone has questions, concerns, or just wants to chat. Great. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RMD Podcast. Again, I want to extend a special thanks to Kristen Broadley for being so generous with her time in talking about the intersection between quality control, industry opportunity, and the reverse mortgage business. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of HW Media. The RMD Podcast is produced by Elissa Branch. Be sure to come back for an all-new episode very soon. See you next time.